who doesn't love thrillers and the exotic concept of time travel? Jack Finney, an American science fiction writer, wrote about time travel. He was born in the year 1911 and he wrote about short stories about people who wanted to achieve this time travel not by entering into a time machine but through a kind of self-hypnosis where they imagined life in a different time zone, maybe life in a different kind of setting within the country of USA and they then achieved time travel. So we are going to read this story which is called The Third Level and this is based in Grand Central Station in New York. The Grand Central Station in New York is a huge station. It is spread over 49 acres. It is quite a heritage site, a landmark site and it has many many platforms but it has only two levels. So while it has many number of platforms, it has two levels. So then the Grand Central Station at New York has two levels. But this story is titled the third level and it indicates at a third level in the Grand Central Station. So the story starts somewhere from the middle. When you're narrating a story or you're listening to one, you can either start from the very beginning or it seems as if the story has started somewhere around the middle when things have already happened and that is the case in this story. Here is the protagonist. His name is Charlie, a very ordinary name and he's not a very exceptional person in any way. He says he has been to the third level of the Grand Central Station where anyone be it the presidents of the New York Central and the New York, New Haven and Hartford Railroads or be it anyone who lives there, uh, they will all swear that there are only two levels at the Grand Central Station. But Charlie says he has been to the third level. So since he is so different, has such a different view from the rest, so he decides he needs help. He needs to go to a psychiatrist a friend of his is one and he needs to consult him because his mind might be playing tricks on him. So he goes and narrates to him that he has been to the third level of the Grand Central Station. The psychiatrist says that it is a kind of wish fulfillment, a waking dream wish fulfillment. He has imagined the whole thing because he's not happy. And uh, this kind of uh, explanation by the psychiatrist of course makes the woman in the house Charlie's wife feel very angry because she feels that she's in some way related to his unhappiness. But the psychiatrist uh, says that it is a very common thing in the modern world uh, because the modern world has so much of fear, so much of anxiety, tension, insecurity that everybody wants to escape. And because that became a more prominent thought in the writer, in the narrator's, uh, the protagonist's mind, therefore he escaped into the third level in his mind. He visualized it. It really did not happen. And he said uh, that, and that is what he, what the psychiatrist said was, and the rest of Charlie's friends also agreed, was that 
everything that charlie does points out to his deep desire to go away into the past to a better time to a more nostalgic time where things are much better for example his hobby is that of stamp collection and they say that is also a need to run away from the present to go into the past to run away from the harsh reality of the present but uh, the the protagonist charlie has an argument he says that his grandfather also practiced this hobby he had this hobby of stamp collection and that is what he is carrying forward he has the stamps his grandfather used to have with in his collection and he says and in his grandfather's time things were nice and peaceful and he says he is grandfather's collection which he's now inherited has very good stamps it has blocks of four it has every us issue the first day covers whenever a stamp was released earlier people would just uh, put the put a blank sheet of paper in an envelope stick a stamp on it the new stamp and mail it to themselves at their own address so that the stamp the postal stamp would come on it and that would become a collector's item so this is how he explains that it's not unusual to have stamp collection as a hobby now charlie begins to narrate to the reader how he happened to venture into the third level of the grand central station he explains that he was coming home from work one night one evening when he decided that he would take the subway from grand central station because he had to reach up down to his apartment uh, he thought it would be faster to take the train because it would be uh, the, the, it would be faster than the bus so he says that uh, he cannot understand why such an ordinary simple man like he is a 31 year old nobody wearing a very ordinary workplace suit a tan gabardine suit and a straw hat with people dressed like him should have had this experience he had just one thought in his mind his work was over and he was now returning home to his wife luisa so he entered the grand central station from an entrance one particular entrance the vanderbilt avenue and there are many entrances in grand central but he entered from the vanderbilt avenue he is giving us the details because he wants to prove that what he experienced was right that it was an authentic experience not an imaginary make believe thing so he went down the steps to the first level from where you take trains like the 20th century and then he came walked down another set of stairs to come down to the second level where you get the suburban trains from because very few people live in new york uh, uh, you know because it's expensive so they live in the suburbs so he decided that he was going to head to the station the second level where he was going to take a train and go home uh, he had done it so many times but he felt that this was a very confusing place as mentioned in the introduction to this piece uh, the grand central station is spread over 49 acres and it it also has a lot of other things apart from being a station it has restaurants it has it's connected to hotels and all that so it's got shops so he has always found it a confusing place because there were new doorways stairs corridors everywhere and sometimes he also got into a tunnel Uh, which was a mile long and he remembers coming out into the lobby of the Roosevelt Hotel at that time so if you look at the history of the grand central station you will see that it's full of secrets 
it has passages it has tunnels which may be the which are not used by most well, the commuters but it, they they do seem to exist but that's another story so he says that he remembers that it's not easy to go there to this grand central station and he has always got lost from time to time and he remembers once he came up in an office building on the 46th street which is one of the streets the entrances of the grand central station three blocks away so it's nothing new for him to get lost so he says that the grand central station seems to be growing it seems to have new corridors and staircases and he says there's probably a long tunnel that nobody knows about feeling its way under the city right uh, on its way to times square and central park he he says that's what he imagines but if you look at the history if you study google the history of uh, the central park or of the grand central station you will see that there are supposed to be many secret platforms and passages but this is all conjecture we really we are looking at facts right now so he says that for many uh, people the grand central station has one purpose it's an exit it's a transit point it's not somewhere where they are going to stay so he wanted to argue with his psychiatrist friend that this theory of his which was that uh, he wanted to escape is actually not true anybody who uses the grand central station is escaping from one world to another maybe from the world of work to home the home environment so charlie is telling us the story of how he reached the third level of the grand central station when he suddenly started to digress he went off in another direction maybe that's how the mind works uh, you are telling somebody the story of what's going to happen what happened but you want to also tell them about the thoughts that were running through your mind what was the state of your mind because that really helps the person the reader to understand you so the writer would want the readers to understand what was going on in the mind of charlie and whether he was making it up or whether this was an actual experience that he was going to have so he after this digression he comes back to his story which was that he entered the grand central station with the idea that he would go to the second level and catch a train from there reach home to his wife louisa who was waiting for him but as he uh, entered into uh, the station the second level he felt that he was he had entered into a corridor which was angling left and it was slanting downwards and he thought that he had made a wrong turn somewhere but he still kept on walking uh, but uh, he did notice that there was nobody there he was the only person his footsteps were the sole footsteps that were sounding in the corridor then he began to hear a kind of hollow roar from somewhere which suggested there was an open space ahead and there were people ahead because you could hear the muffled tone of voices so this tunnel kind of turned sharp left and he took a short flight of stairs and he came to the third level at the grand central station um, he did not at once realize that he was in a different place he thought he was still at the second level but then he saw that there was something very different about this place and what was different was the kind of architecture firstly the room was smaller there were very few ticket windows and the train gates and the information booth which is a landmark site in the grand central station was all made of wood and it was very old looking it was not a modern construction and the man in the booth was also not like a modern man because he was wearing a green eye shade and he had these long black sleeve protectors which protect your shirt from getting dirty so this is workplace gear 
Uh, and then he felt that the lights were not bright because the Grand Central is brightly lit, but they were kind of dim and they were flickering. And then came the realization that these were gas lights, open flame gas lights. And it was entirely a different period of time that he was in. There were brass spittoons on the floor. People would spit in the spittoons. And then he saw a man pulling out a gold watch from his vest pocket. That was not a wrist watch. It was a watch on a chain. So he decided that he was going to look around and he glanced at his watch and he, he also saw that this man was glancing at his watch and he wore a derby hat. And the kind of suit that he wore, the fashion that the, the way the suit was designed was certainly not a modern attire. He also had a lot of hair. He had a handlebar moustache. That, that was not a style, that was a modern style. Uh, people, men did not have that kind of moustache in the days that Charlie existed, the, the, in the time, the time frame that this story is taking place. And then he realized that everybody on the station was dressed as if they belonged to a time period of the 19th century, and that was the late 19th century, around 1890 or something. He saw men with a lot of beards, sideburns, fancy moustaches, um, which was not the fashion when, in Charlie's time in the 20th century. And there, there was this woman who was walking with a dress with a leg of mutton sleeve, a tight tapering sleeve with buttons on the cuff. And then he saw that, that she was wearing skirts and she had high, long skirts with high button shoes. He also saw that the locomotive, the train engine, was a Courier Knives locomotive with a funnel-shaped stack. Then he decided to get his bearings a little bit looking around for something that would give him a date and he saw the newspaper. And what was the newspaper that he saw? It was the world. The world is a newspaper that is out of publication, but he saw that the date that was printed on it was June 11, 1894. Charlie did not retract from the situation. He immediately went to the ticket booth and thought that he was going to buy two tickets, one for his wife and one for himself, and then they would go anywhere they wanted to in the USA of the 1890s, the year 1894. And if there was one place he wanted to go to, it was Galesburg, Illinois. So why did Charlie buy tickets to Galesburg, Illinois of the 1894? He wanted to live a different lifestyle from what he was living at the present moment. He wanted a laid-back, slow lifestyle where there was nothing to rush about where things were more relaxed, where you had time to enjoy life in every moment of it. He seems to have a wonderful memory of some big old frame houses, huge lawns, big trees with thick branches meeting overhead over avenues and forming leafy avenues, creating a wonderful vista wherever you went. He had probably had seen it in pictures, he had seen it in films or somewhere like that and he had that longing to be part of a laid-back lifestyle. So in 1894 he felt things wouldn't be as difficult as they were now. Summer evenings would be twice as long because people would sit out in their lawns and they would have each other for company. The men would smoke cigars and talk quietly, while the women would wave palm leaf fans and there'd be fireflies all around. 
So this was a magical, idyllic world he thought he should buy two tickets for. Uh, but it's not only the fact that it was such a beautiful, slow lifestyle, a laid-back lifestyle. What he was looking at was the fact that the World Wars hadn't taken place. In 1894, the First World War War would still be 20 years away and the Second World War would be 40 years into the future and that was a very, very attractive proposition for him. So in the meantime, as as all these thoughts were rushing to his mind, he looked at the clerk. The clerk was trying to figure out how much money, what would be the ticket fare. They did not have computers in those days, so the clerk had to calculate. So he was at the same time, as he was calculating the fare, the clerk at the ticket booth was also taking in and absorbing this man's, Charlie's attire. His clothes were not the clothes of that that part of America, that time period. He had a fancy hat band and all that. So he, he figured the fare and he told him uh, the one-way fare for Galesburg, Illinois. And as the clerk was handed over the money by Charlie, uh, the, the clerk took one look at it and um, raised raised certain questions. He said this wasn't the this wasn't money. He thought he was being uh, conned, and that Charlie was uh, uh, was trying to fool him, was trying to con him. And the, the, when Charlie looked at the draw, the cash draw of this man, the, the person who was selling him the ticket, he realized the money was on old, in old-style bills. So he thought that it would be better to turn away from this place before he was reported to the police because the jails wouldn't be a nice experience even in 1894. So he did just that. And he left the place in a hurry because he did not want to be reported to the police and arrested. The next day, during the lunch hour at work, he decided that he needed to go back and buy the tickets. So he uh, drew $300 out of the bank and he brought, bought old-style currency from the various shops in America that sell old type of things, old, old-fashioned things. So he bought old-style currency. And uh, that really made his psychiatrist feel very concerned about him because he felt his mental state was deteriorating. Anyway, he felt that for the money that he had, $300 that he had, he could not buy a lot of, he could not exchange it for a lot of old money. But then things were very, very cheap. So if he got only $200 in old style bills for his $300, then it would was still a fair bargain because things back then were very, very cheap. Eggs were only 13 cents a dozen. So it would really have much more of a buying power than the dollar at that time. So uh, Charlie, equipped with this money, again went in search of the third level at the Grand Central Station, but he never found it again. He tried. And- so when Louisa got to know that Charlie had been looking again and again for the third level, she was very uneasy. She wanted him to stop immediately. So he decided that he had to give up his quest for the third level and to seek some solace in life, to get some comfort, he went back to his collection of stamps. But now something changed and something happened in between in such a way that both of them today are looking every weekend 
at the third level, they're looking for it at the Grand Central Station. How did this change of heart take place? How did Louisa join in this search for the third level, something she had banned her husband from doing? So what made Louisa change? What brought about a change in her as far as the third level was concerned? Well, it was a confirmation that the third level did exist and there was proof for it, for that. It all lay in the mystery of the disappearance of Charlie's friend, Sam Wiener. Nobody knew where he'd gone, but Charlie suspected that all the accounts that he had given Sam of Galesburg's beautiful life in 1894 and the fact that uh, Sam had really liked the sound of the place made Charlie suspect that he had reached 1894. And he got confirmation of this fact when he was going through his stamp collection and he saw a first day cover there. A first day cover that was addressed to his grandfather but it had never been there in the collection that Charlie had inherited from his grandfather but it was addressed to his grandfather and his home in Galesburg and the postmark said July 18, 1894 but Charlie had never seen it but now it was lying there staring at him out of the collection a new thing which had never existed the stamp on the first day cover was a six cent stamp, dull brown with a picture of President Garfield. And when he opened this envelope and he started reading inside, he saw that the paper wasn't blank. Normally first day covers are envelopes with blank papers mailed by stamp collectors to themselves to collect it as a memory of the release of the stamp. And what was written there was something really alarming. So what was written inside that sheet of paper? It was a message by Sam to Charlie. And the address was 941 Willard Street, Galesburg, Illinois. The date was 18 July 1894, in which he had written, Charlie, I got to wishing that you were right. Then I got to believing you were right. And Charlie, it's true. I found the third level. I've been here two weeks and right now down the street at the dailies someone is playing a piano and they're all out on the front porch singing seeing Nellie home and I'm invited over for lemonade. Come on back Charlie and Louisa keep looking till you find the third level. It's worth it believe me. What a dreamy note. What a wonderfully relaxed lifestyle with so much social bonding, so much of simplicity and wholesomeness. This note was signed by Sam and this note drove Charlie back to that stamp and coin store where he got some information about what Sam had done. Sam had bought $800 worth of old style currency and that in those days in 1894 would have been a lot of money. It would help him, it would have helped him open a little business of hay, feed and grain because that was the rural lifestyle that people in those days were leading. And he, he said that that's what he really wished to do. And certainly he can't go back to his old business. And what is his old business? What was he doing in the present day? He was Charlie's psychiatrist. Thank you.